Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. Thank you, as always, for being with us. This is episode 44 of season four. Hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday and wanted to talk a little bit about the um, introduction of EA Sports uh, and particularly the college football game uh, that will be coming out in 2024. Now, initially, this was set to arrive um, uh, in 2023, so next year, uh, as we're in November 2022, as of now. Uh, but there was a little bit of delay in the game, and it, actually, I think this is this this may be a good thing in terms of whether it be the technological development and any advances that occur there. Uh, but it also, I think, is going to help in terms of um, seeing how the NIL market works out and seeing where the players are in terms of the folks that are making the money, uh, seeing the brands that are, are having an impact, and of course, seeing what other video games do, uh, not necessarily in the college football space because EA Sports will essentially have a monopoly on that, at least for a period of time, um, You know, because generally what's going to happen is, is that there's going to be some exclusive licensing deal that's going to occur Um so not a monopoly in the sense of an illegal you know, monopoly, but a monopoly in the sense that EA Sports is going to have an exclusive license uh, with the NCAA and with the schools to put together this video game. Now, why is this a big deal? Well, of course, if you go back uh, to, let's say, 1995 and around that time, uh, or at least soon thereafter, it was... Uh, UCLA basketball star in the 1995 uh, part of the 1995 national championship team for UCLA uh, for the UCLA Bruins, uh, Ed O'Bannon, he uh, sued the uh, video game provider EA Sports for utilizing and profiting off his name, image, and likeness without his approval. And then he essentially did this on behalf of himself, but really, uh, in many ways, it was, it was on behalf of. Uh, really the entire, um, I guess, co college basketball uh, setting, right? And of course, 
basketball and football, two different sports, but the, but the concept was the same in that essentially EA sports had, um, you know, these exclusive licensing deals with the NCAA, but of course the players weren't getting paid. Now, of course, the difference now is, is that the college landscape has completely changed since 1995 and especially since NIL legislation and new NCAA rules have opened up profitability uh, profitability for athlete marketing, uh, which essentially occurred in uh, July of 2021. So now we have this opportunity, and, and, and there were sort of rumors that this was going to happen. I think it's inevitable that EA Sports would come out with a college football game. Uh, basketball, will, I'm, I'm sure, will follow, and, and a host of other sports, I'm sure, will follow uh, if it's profitable, right? And I think there is a, a market out there, uh, particularly for female gamers and, uh, and some of the, the um, um, women's sports. So I think we'll see how, how that plays out. Now, of course, the EA Sports College football video game will compensate athletes for their name, image, and likeness. How that's going to work out is yet to be seen. Uh, I think that it's probably going to be some sort of residual where they might get paid a licensing fee up front. And then as long as their name, image, and likeness runs in that particular game, even if it's for historical perspective or or use, uh, I think that uh, there will be some sort of um, residual or percentage payment that occurs as a result of that usage. So, and again, so what that means is, is that uh, if the usage goes beyond, let's say the one, to four years, uh, potentially five years sometimes that these college athletes are in college and a part of this game as active, this video game as part of, uh, as, as active players, then, um, you know, it's probably going to be some sort of payment, but, but again, uh, for a licensing fee and then, uh, you know, ultimately, but this could be in perpetuity. Um, you know, you can imagine a video game where historical players are used in the video game beyond their playing days, uh, when a gamer is very successful or unlocks some code or what have you to use, you know, let's, you know, make, make a list of the best college running backs or best college football players, you know, of all time. Right. You know, so in one sense, you might say, you know, if you're using the, you know, um, university of Florida football team. And uh, you somehow open usage to Tim Tebow, right? You know, arguably one of the better uh, college football players and, and a national champion uh, at that. So, uh, and again, you can make a list there, folks. And I, I particularly put a highlight on Tim Tebow just because had NIL been around and had EA's college sports, um, you know, had the football game you know, been around, I think Tim Tebow would have potentially made uh, a significant amount of money as would a lot of other um, college athletes. So now again, the EA college sports, um, college football video game uh, was going to be a moneymaker for, I think, many different people, but with particular highlight on the universities and the NCAA. Uh, and this is because the university and the NCAA are going to control the licensing for images and videos and the like that are needed for the digital setting of the game. So, uh, you can imagine the logos, you can imagine um, any sort of licensing that's required, um, any broadcast that's needed, 
Um, again, this is a video game, but um, you know, a lot of these resources are going to be used to develop that video game, right? And of course, there's also going to be announcers um, licensing for the announcers in the video game, uh, plus the coaches licensing for potential stadiums, uh, name rights, brands, advertisements, and more. Because ultimately, if you have a digital game, you're going to have a stadium that has naming rights already in existence in real life. And you're going to have to basically, you know, somehow receive approval for that, usually through a license, almost always exclusively through a license. And of course, you're going to have advertisements in the stadium, which you'll need licensing for. And I would imagine that brands and adver- and, and those who want to advertise will be, um, you know, chomping at the bit to, um, uh, to be a part of this game. And of course, there's also going to be the music in the games and the licensing needed to uh, to do that. You you know, I think you could make the comparison to, uh, let's say, Facebook and Instagram. You know, cutting deals with Universal Music, so that when you post a picture, uh, when you post a video, you can add music to it, and that's all covered through a license that Facebook has paid to Universal to allow you to do that. And of course, um, Facebook and Instagram, which is the same company in Meta. Uh, decided to do that because they see value in the fact that if you have more people on the platform using, you know, music and using it to post pictures, the more time they're going to spend there, the more time that they're going to see advertisements, the more time, the more eyeballs you have on a certain thing, the more valuable it becomes for an advertiser. So of course it makes sense for them at this period of time. Although on this show, we've talked about in the past, the potential for this idea of, um, you know, paying to play uh, in the sense of somebody would have to pay to get on a social media platform or pay to access certain content. I don't know if it will happen, but um, there has definitely been some talk about it and, it and it may come down to exclusive content versus let's say maybe more publicly available content. So we'll see how that plays. So of course, again, the universities, the NCAA uh, brands and anybody looking to advertise are clearly going to benefit from this. The music industry is going to benefit for this if there's music in the game. Uh, and of course, th- let's not forget, and I know I mentioned this in the beginning, the players are obviously going to benefit from this. The agents, the lawyers will benefit as well uh, down the line as they negotiate or help secure some of those deals for their clients. I think the NFTs, uh, non-fungible tokens and tokens, and the digital marketplace for apparel and physical apparel will also see an increase as the popularity of the video game uh, grows. I could definitely see some existing apparel companies like Nike and Jordan and Adidas uh, getting involved in this, potentially having some sort of digital marketplace uh, in the EA Sports College football video game. And it's also almost certain that NFTs and physical trading cards will be issued from the video game of the actual players or you know, whatever uh, NFT product they um, the designers come up with. Uh, of course, all of these opportunities provide for financial gain for college athletes, brands, and universities, uh, the NCAA, and the video game provider itself. The one example uh, I was, you know, I would may- maybe call attention to, and this was um, um, reinforced over the the Thanksgiving holiday was imagine Fortnite, the game, but um, and the sort of the, the social and economic impact that comes from that, but EA Sports College Football. So it, it's sort of a fascinating thing. And this was this was reinforced to me over the, over the holiday as I saw some of my family members playing the game and how intense that it was and how involved you get. And of course, 
a college football game is going to be different, but there is going to be all these social aspects that did not exist at the time when the EA sports college football game and basketball game uh, were out back in, you know, the early nineties. Right. And of course you're going to have a ton of opportunities now, whether it be social media being included in the platform, the ability to communicate with people you know, all across the globe as you're playing, the ability to connect with players on social media, the ability for players to play. Of course, sports betting is a, and there's another thing here when you're talking about esports tournaments. So they're really the possibilities are potentially endless here. And uh, the success of the football version of the game may determine may determine where EA Sports or other video game companies look to, as we mentioned earlier in the show, look to opportunities in basketball or other college sports with women's sports on the rise in the college ranks with NIL and renewed interest by television and streaming distributors. Uh, there's definitely a growing market on the horizon. And eSports tournaments, again, will benefit because of the new EA college football game. Uh, as a result of universities continuing to add eSports as an academic major. This is something that has been done at Pepperdine University. It's been something that has been done at um, the University of Irvine, um, California, Irvine. There is just really, um, I think, some endless opportunities here when you're talking about where this can grow. And of course, when you combine eSports and or a video game with the sports betting opportunities, Obviously, there's going to be some serious regulation in that space, but uh, there are some um, some major opportunities for companies here. And of course, um, despite some recent news in an article uh, that I was reading in The Hollywood Reporter that the United States Department of Justice is going to be cracking down more on mergers in the entertainment, media, and sports space, uh, which is a highly regulated market. Uh, but and, and of course, that market is continuing to shrink in the sense that it's growing in terms of use and money, but it's it's shrinking in terms of who the owners are. Well, EA Sports is really one of the um, one of uh, I want to say one of the few remaining companies, but it is an independently owned company in the sense that it's not owned by a larger conglomerate, right? But EA Sports is very valuable, and uh, particularly, um, or maybe the better way to say it is, is it's going to be very valuable. When this, when this college football game comes out and then of college basketball and everything else, the other sports, I think uh, you're going to have some serious value into this, uh, into this company and, and uh, some, some very serious money uh, being paid uh, for licensing uh, in this game and for this game to the players and, and, and vice versa. When talking about brands having a part of this. And of course, uh, because of that, EA Sports might be an acquisition target for another company if they can get past uh, the Department of Justice regulation. Uh, of course, the EA Sports College Football Game also provides for added excitement for gamers and those profiting from the game, um, particularly in a game where there's such high turnover of players. I mean, even in the NFL, you've got a three to five year window typically for a player. That's how long the typical player lasts in the NFL. And you last longer than that. Um, you, you have managed to stay healthy and you are part of the elite of the elite in terms of being able to perform at that high level for a consistent period of time and able to withstand uh, the physical pressures of the game. Now, on one hand, you might be thinking, well, player turnover might be a downside, right? Because there's not name recognition. 
But I think that's where there's a potential for more university and conference competition uh, for parity uh, uh, in terms of more fairness and and uh, this idea that um, it could be any school in a year. Gen- generally, you have your favorites, but you know quickly you can turn a program around and you can uh, you know you can be a winner if you have the resources to back to back you and you know the right coach and everything else right and the right staffing and um, and maybe sometimes even the right conference. But I think that um, the higher turnover actually keeps people interested. And of course, college sports still has um, that um, amateur environment to it, even with NIL. I think for the most part, people in the community support NIL. I think they think that it's a good thing because it's independent of the school or even if the school is helping, it's still money going to the actual students. Uh, to to the student uh, athletes. So again, you know, people will have this continued interest to follow their university. And of course this, if you're a gamer, uh, EA's college sports, um, you know, is is a football game is going to be, I think, a significant winner for them. So I think that if this is done right, EA sports and college athletes are in for some serious profitability um, and exposure as well. So it'll be really interesting to follow this. Uh, again, I think EA Sports College Football, uh, it's going to be a game changer. I think it's going to open up opportunities for other video games. And I think this is going to be, in many ways, the digitalization of NIL. In the sense that NIL, for the most part to now, has been uh, branding deals that have been connected to social media this will be the first opportunity where college athletes will be able to profit from a digital resource like a video game. Uh, in, in the acting sense, this might be the first time an actor gets into a movie, right? And in many sense, it's it's um, even though it is a digital game and not the real life game of them, you know, playing playing football or playing basketball, whatever the sport might be. Uh, this is again the digitalization of um, of a game. So it's, it's the, in some ways, the equivalent of taking a digitalized broadcast and putting it into a video game, right. And then having the players, basically the, the gamers choose, uh, the outcome based on their, their level of play. So this is, again, I think a fantastic opportunity, um, uh, for college athletes and, um, really applaud, I think, you know, EA sports for, uh, putting this together and working with the players and working with the NCAA to make it happen. And I think uh, for those folks who are gamers, uh, we'll be very excited for this when this comes out in 2024. So again, folks, thanks again for listening in. This is the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. As always, uh, thank you for making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. This show has been brought to you by Bet Online. And today we had discussed EA Sports College Football as a game changer for the NCAA and for college athletes in general. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and look forward to being back with you very soon. Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.